coming up. This one has the whole package of unusual and disturbing elements. It's been a very long time since we've had a similar case like this. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. We confirmed that the uh, items inside the suitcase were, in fact, uh, human remains and the remains of a uh, recently deceased uh, adult white male. Our case today begins with the discovery of two suitcases in a Denver neighborhood. Suitcases that would reveal grisly contents, but also evidence for investigators to start putting together how they might have ended up there or who put them there. I'm joined by Matt Jablow from KUSA 9 in Denver. Matt, this all started in late December of last year, right? That's right. It was uh, December 29th, and it started when two Denver City employees were plowing a sidewalk. Um, They came across two suitcases, one purple and one black. Uh, They opened the purple one, and they found a human foot. Um, They immediately called police. Police responded. Um, and they opened the other suitcase and found uh, a human torso. Police are looking for more information and a suspect after human remains were found in two suitcases. Denver police say the remains were found by parks and rec crew plowing near a park nearby Federal and Jewel. Police couldn't say much else except that the suitcases held the body of a man who had recently died. They did not say how he died or even when. Anyone with information about this is asked to call Crime Stoppers. The body... Uh Human remains were recovered on the west side of the street. On the east side is residences. Um, they also found, and this was the first uh, clue that would eventually lead to the alleged killer, um, a baggage sticker on the purple suitcase that had the name Satterthwaite on it. Um, and they soon tied that suitcase to a guy named Jeffrey Satterthwaite, uh, who they quickly learned had flown to Denver from Indianapolis about a week before, to visit his 28-year-old son, Benjamin, who lived uh, here in Denver. And, you know, one thing about this case is that it seems like all along the way, police are getting breaks that help them out in in a big way, and we'll get into some of those. But this first one being the fact that there's a baggage sticker on the suitcase, it sort of leads them right away to somebody. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, think it's fair to say that there's some really good uh, police work uh, detective work involved in the case and also a decent amount of luck uh, for the detectives, which often is the case in, in my experience. Good police work and uh, a little bit of luck is, is often a good formula, and that's exactly what they got in this case. So the first one clearly was the, the baggage sticker uh, on, the, uh, on the suitcase, on the purple one. So I have to imagine this guy, Jeffrey Satterwhite, gets a visit from police. He's still out there in Colorado and is probably, or or is he still out there? Do you know? I think by the time they reached him, he was back uh, home. He came from Indianapolis. So I assume it's nowhere in the affidavit, but I assume he's from somewhere in Indiana. So by the time they tracked him down, I believe he was back uh, in Indianapolis. So they got him on the phone. um, And according to the uh, police affidavit, uh, the Jeffrey Satterthwaite told detectives that his son has uh, drug problems. And he also said that while he was in Denver, he put old clothes and shoes in his purple suitcase and gave it to his son. Big break number two, uh, the purple suitcase um, that Jeffrey Satterthwaite said he gave his son sounded very 
similar to the purple suitcase that the uh, city workers found when they were plowing that sidewalk. Okay, so who knows exactly what police were going with, but if they had a person of interest, it was probably this guy who was paying a visit to his son, but maybe the story starts to change at this point a little bit, right? Well, so here's the, the next big break and the second bit of luck. Three days after the suitcases were found, um, police got a call for a drug overdose in an apartment on South Federal Boulevard in Denver. Um, and one of the detectives, homicide detectives who responded to that call was one of the de- detectives who was working the suitcase murder story. And inside the apartment, for the call for the drug overdose, they found a woman, a uh, young woman dead and a young man unconscious, also apparently suffering from an overdose. And they would later learn, quickly learn, that that man who was at the hospital and recovered was 28-year-old Benjamin Satterthwaite, Jeffrey's son. But that's not all they found inside the apartment. Uh, According to the arrest warrant, when they searched it, they also found multiple swabs of blood throughout the living room and several black trash bags inside of which were tissues with suspected blood. This is all from the arrest affidavit. Packaging for a handsaw, one saw blade with suspected blood, a Walmart receipt for a handsaw, and a bank card containing the name Joshua Lockard. So as you can imagine, the case was now coming together pretty quickly. They got this call for the drug overdose. They went to the residence and found him, and this other woman, tragically, right, dead. I assume they already knew about him from the father, but they just hadn't paid him a visit yet as far as the other investigation went? Correct. It was just a random overdose. And it just so happened that the uh, one of the detectives responding to that case was also working the, the suitcase murder. Okay. And when he saw, when he got in the apartment, still not knowing it was Benjamin Satterthwaite, they, they wouldn't learn that for several hours. But he recognized, um, he says he recognized uh, the black duct tape that was inside the apartment that he said was also very similar to the black duct tape that was used to wrap some of the remains in the suit in the uh, suitcases. And he said he also recognized. Um, a black suitcase that was inside the apartment that he said looked very similar to one of the suitcases they recovered um, from uh, the scene, the suitcases with the bodies, body parts. And you mentioned the name of the bank card, the, the name on the bank card, Joshua Lockhart. What do we know about Joshua Lockhart? Joshua Lockhart was 33 years old. Um, he was um, a known methamphetamine user. Um, I spoke to several of his friends. Subsequently, they said he was a a good person who suffered um, on and off from drug addiction problems, uh, methamphetamines. And uh, at one point, he had turned his life around. um, But then in the last few months of his life, he had relapsed and was uh, back on methamphetamines. He was also... um, his last known address was uh, next big break. Um, the same address as Benjamin Satterthwaite. He lived with Satterthwaite and Satterthwaite's girlfriend for a time at that apartment on South Federal. And it was his bank card, Lockhart's bank card, that was found inside Satterthwaite's apartment. But but no sign of Lockhart himself. In, any other evidence then that police were able to find? Not that they possibly needed anything else at that point? Anything else? No, um, 
he was last seen alive on December 26th, um, three days before the suitcases were found. One more piece of evidence, according to the arrest warrant, um, police detectives went to the Walmart from the, they had the receipt, the Walmart receipt for the handsaw and some cleaning materials. They found that in the apartment um, from the overdose. And they went to that Walmart and they found what they said, they found surveillance video of a man who they said looked very similar to Benjamin Satterthwaite uh, walking out of the Walmart after having purchased saw blades and cleaning materials. That was two days before the suitcases were found and one day after Joshua Lockard was last seen alive. At that point, Benjamin Satterthwaite's looking like somebody they probably need to talk to. Yeah, I mean, I think at that point, he, he was clearly uh, their guy. Um, Lockard was, um, the body parts were positively identified by the medical examiner as belonging to Joshua Lockard. And Benjamin Satterthwaite uh, was soon charged with first-degree murder, and he's in jail now. Motive is, is still out there. Police have not discussed it, nor have prosecutors. Um, one last thing I, I should say that police found, uh, they got into uh, Satterthwaite's um, cell phone, and they found a text message from Satterthwaite uh, to his girlfriend. Um, this was on the last day that Joshua Locker was seen alive, January, uh, December 26th. And it said simply, quote, I just got that. And he used a racial slur, even though Joshua Lockard uh, was white. He said, I just got that racial slur. He's toast. That was the last uh, piece of evidence uh, that police had um, before they charged uh, Satterthwaite with first-degree murder. Matt, I know you've worked in news for a long time and with the various police departments as well. Have you heard a story quite like this one in a while? I've heard stories that have elements of this one, body parts and um, clues similar to this leading to an alleged killer. But this one has the whole package of unusual and disturbing elements. Um, it's a... It's obviously a terrible story, um, but um, in some ways a fascinating one from an investigatory perspective. Like I said, the, the, t- the detectives did a nice job, and they got a decent amount of luck as well. All right, Matt, we'll keep our listeners posted if there are any developments on this one and upcoming trial and what, what happens. Thanks so much for talking to us. For sure, Will. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday with new episodes Monday through Friday. Be sure to subscribe to the show and give us a great review if you like what you hear. And you can check out our full lineup of shows, including Bardstown, The Officer's Wife, and our weekly show, True Crime Chronicles, vaultstudios.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. 